Hello and welcome to Guest Star from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The United States Treasury Department presents Guest Star with Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra, yours truly John Conti, and starring John Carr and Henry Fonda. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is John Conti, your host for Guest Star, a transcribed feature for savings bonds, presented as a contribution of this station in the public interest. May it serve to remind you that automatic saving is sure saving. Sign up for the regular purchase of United States savings bonds through the payroll savings plan where you work or the bond-a-month plan where you bank. In a moment, we'll meet our stars. But by way of introduction, here's Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra with Black Magic. Today, Guest Star is proud to present the stars of two of Broadway's most brilliant productions. First, the handsome young romantic lead of Tea and Sympathy, John Carr. And next, the star whose list of personal triumphs reads like a who's who of the entertainment world. Currently, the star of the production considered to be one of Broadway's all-time greats, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, is Mr. Henry Fonda. Mr. Carr and Mr. Fonda appear in an original guest star dramatic story by Milton Geiger entitled, Blood is Thicker Than Water. please. Good morning, Dad. How's the big chief? Very well, thank you. And may I once again remind you, while we're working at the hospital, we avoid the familiarity of father and son. 
Is that clear, Dr. Vickery? Why, yes, Dr. Vickery. Good. Sit down, please. Thank you. I have something rather important to discuss with you. You're familiar with the operating room schedule for tomorrow morning? Why, yes, I believe I'm scheduled for three routine appendectomies. I have told you on more than one occasion that I dislike the word routine in discussing any operative procedures. It implies too casual an approach to surgery. Yes, sir. However, I've arranged for Dr. Harkness to handle your schedule tomorrow. You mean I'm not to operate? I didn't say that. You will not perform your scheduled operations. Oh? Instead, I shall expect you in surgery at 8 a.m. Do you think I could have a bit more information? I might like to prepare myself for the occasion. If you look at these two sheets of paper, you'll notice there's a complete history of the case from the first discernible symptoms. Mm -hmm. X-ray plates are abundantly available. The exact location Doctor, of the... Doctor, if you'll just permit me to glance over this a moment. I'm sorry. Why, this is impossible. There isn't a prayer in I the... I have here a statement signed by the patient releasing the surgeon from all responsibility. A release? Does it release a son from the insecurity of an aging father? Perhaps you'd better finish reading the case history. No, Dr. Vickery. I consider this most unfair and obviously the result of personal animosity. Indeed. Why, this operation was just an idea floating around in the back of my mind. It's never even been tried. I'm aware of that. It's outrageous to ask any man to sacrifice his reputation under these circumstances. Or had you forgotten my staff appointment comes up next week? Outrageous is a very strong word. I chose the word very carefully. I'm sorry you feel that way about it, because I'm going to be rather insistent that you attempt the operation. And what if I still refuse? It's still my prerogative, you know. As chief of staff, it's my prerogative to recommend to the board not to appoint you section chief. You won't do that. And why not? Because you know as well as I do that I'm the only surgeon in the hospital who deserves that post. On talent, yes. But what about a few things called discipline, duty, morality? I was waiting for that. I've heard that record since I was three. Duty. Discipline, the rules, hard and fast, and no questions asked. Dr. Vickery, must I remind you Dr. again Dr. Vickery, I'm... yes. I've been doctor to you ever since I graduated from medical school. And before that, I was Master Vickery to you. And before that, Master Bruce. You will moderate your speech, Doctor. I will say what I have to say. I never was son to you. I never was Bruce or my boy. Whenever I tried to call you dad and look to you as a friend the way other kids did with their fathers, you'd turn me aside like a stranger. No weakness, you always said. No weakness. Master. That was the reward for my affection. That was the only preparation possible for your kind of life. And I submitted to it because I had to. And when I didn't have to, I went on in spite of you. I made good. I amounted to something in surgery. And so you began to fear me. No. You thought I was becoming your equal. And you hated it. You hounded every move I made. You didn't trust me. You're wrong, my son. You're very wrong. Now, he says, my son. Now. You may not believe me, but when you accuse me of being distant and cold, it was only because I wanted more than anything in the world for you to be more than my equal. I dreamed of the day you would be my leader. Please believe that. I trust you today as I trust no other creature on this earth. Yet under these circumstances, you ask me to perform an operation that has never even been performed before. That man, whoever he is, is going to die, and I don't want his death on my record. I am older and more experienced. I know, I know he need not die. And suppose you operate. No, not me. It needs a younger hand. It needs youth. There is great hope. Believe in my experience. 
That's easy enough to say, but I've got to believe in my experience. All right, I'll tell you why I really want you to operate. I know that only one man can successfully perform that operation. You're that man. And you lack the faith in yourself. Call it that. I'm sorry, I had hoped to compliment you with such an assignment. I mean to affirm my deep faith in you. It's a great pity. Very well, Doctor. Thank you for coming down. I said thank you for coming down, Doctor. I heard you. You may go. I may go and give you an excuse to recover your self-respect through my refusal? Oh, no. I won't pay that price. Tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., Doctor. Surgery 3. I'll be there. Good. Now may I offer some suggestions, Doctor? I'll be very grateful. The patient is in excellent physical condition for surgery. He's very hopeful with reason, may I add, over your protest. Go on. Moreover, he has the utmost confidence in his surgeons. Very flattering. However, naturally enough, the patient does exhibit pronounced nervous symptoms. Normal apprehensions, you understand. Certainly. Now I recommend that the patient be given one capsule of Nebutal at once, then another before he enters the operating room in order to permit smoother induction of anesthesia. Very well, doctor. And what else? Now, if you will hand me that glass of water. Certainly. I'll take my first Nebutal. Dad, why didn't you tell me? It's enough that you understand that this is my faith in you. Until tomorrow morning at 8. No weakness. My son. Thank you, John Carr, and thank you, Henry Fonda, for a really enjoyable performance. Thanks very much, John. We enjoyed doing it. Well, Hank, now that you're out of character, how about joining me for a few well-chosen phrases about savings bonds? Fine, John, only I'll be right in character. Saving my spare dollars in United States savings bonds is a regular part of my life. Because for my money, they're a perfect way to save. No, well, for anybody's money, they are. Yes, indeed. When your money is invested in bonds, it's absolutely safe. It earns a good return, and it's always easily convertible to cash if you should need it for an emergency. And do you second the motion, Mr. Carr? I certainly do, John, because I've discovered when you put part of your income aside regularly in savings bonds, it doesn't take long to start making your daydreams become realities. You begin to see where the money is coming from for your children's education, for that new home you've hoped for, or perhaps for your own retirement. Right, John, and the secret of success in saving is regularity. That's why millions of Americans buy bonds through the automatic payroll savings plan at work or the bond-a-month plan at the bank. Either way, the saving is done for you. Friends, let me urge you to start today to make tomorrow happier and more secure. Save with United States savings bonds, one of the world's finest investments. A good suggestion, Henry Fonda. And thanks again to you and to John Carr for being with us today. Now, once again, here's Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra with Poor Butterflies.
You have been listening to Guest Star, a transcribed feature for United States Savings Bonds, which today featured Henry Fonda and John Carr. The time for this program is donated by this station every week in the public interest. The Treasury Department thanks your station and Henry Fonda and John Carr and their director, Herbert M. Moss, for their contribution to the Savings Bonds program. Next week, we'll have another famous guest and more good music by Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra, so we hope you'll be on hand. Meanwhile, this is John Conti saying so long and reminding you that automatic saving is sure saving. Join the payroll savings plan where you work and save systematically with United States Savings Bonds. (laughs) 